Old Gold Club. Old Gold Club. So hello there and welcome along to another episode of Old Gold Club, My Golden Game. I'm Mikey Burrows and on this episode, delighted to say we are joined by Michael Kitely. How are you, my friend? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, you are kind of back playing, which might surprise a few. Yeah, yeah. I joined a local team to me called Russia Olympic. Um, obviously, you're not playing at the minute because of the lockdown, but uh, yeah, I joined them and I've been really enjoying it actually, enjoying training. We've had a, a decent start to the season. Um, it's taken me a little while to get back to full fitness. Um, but yeah, no, really enjoying it. So uh, hopefully once the lockdown's finished, we can get back onto it again. Is this the start of a fairy tale comeback? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, just more the enjoyment of being back in around lads and, and, and playing and, and training and, and staying fit really, just... Uh, just to keep myself ticking over, really, and, um, and as I said, if I can, if I can help uh, Russia as well, do you know, do all right, um, then you know, it's it's good for everyone. So at the minute, it's been it's been pretty good, but obviously lockdowns uh, stopped it for now. But hopefully, we can get back to some norm- normality soon. See, should I take this personally that you started coming to games and trying to learn how to do some of the media side of it? And to be fair, you're still doing some of that. But you've decided that you'd rather play than hang out with me and Tomo. <laughs> no, no, I'd rather hang out with you and Tomo, to be honest. <laughs> no, I'm still doing my media stuff alongside it. And that was part of why I signed at Russell, to be honest, because the manager's uh, aware that I'm, I'm sort of doing that. So if, if sort of media does come up, I can say, look, I can't make training tonight or I might have to miss this game. Um, so it's quite flexible, which is perfect for me, really. How different have you found it, kind of being in the press box? Because, I mean, you've been obviously fortunate to be there at some of the, the restart games in this season as well. Like, how weird is it going from playing to being sat there watching and being asked your opinion? Do you know what? I've really enjoyed it. I think when you're watching a game, whether that's from the bench or from a stand, when you're actually playing and involved in, in, in football or that team... Um, I think you, you watch the game differently um, when you're doing the media side of it. So I've actually really enjoyed it, um, and just trying to do as much as much of it as I as I can. Really, um, obviously, there's nothing like playing, um, but I, I, it's the next best thing for me. Really, I've really really enjoyed the media side. So, is that something that you want to do more of, or are you looking at coaching or anything like that? No, to be honest, I did start doing my coaching badges and if I'm honest, it put me off a little bit when you sort of go through and do the coaching because, you know, I think to be a coach, um, you've got to start off, I, I think you've got to start off with the youngsters and, and work your way up. So I don't think that's for me. Um, and, and the way that, as I said, I've been enjoying the media, I'd like to do more of that if I can. It's just very difficult because obviously there's a lot of people doing it. So... It's just trying to get the opportunities to do more and more, really. Well, your golden game is one that uh, I think a lot of fans will have a real affinity for. We did it as a big match revisited back in the first lockdown. Wolves 5, Nottingham Forest 1. An iconic match in many ways. And arguably, would you say one of your finest performances? Yeah, I think so. Um, 
and I, I think probably one of the best performances from a team in in, in definitely in that season, um, the season that we went on to get promoted in. Um, and I think that was the game really when afterwards we thought, right, we are we are title contenders now. We just you know blown away Forest. Um, the way that we did, um, I think that gave us the belief and the confidence to to think right, we can win this league now. And you know, obviously, I scored two two decent goals myself that day. But I just think everyone was, you know, an outstanding performance from everyone, um, which you don't normally get. You you might get six or seven players playing well in a game, but it was literally everyone apart from the keeper because he didn't really have much to do. <laughs> Well, I'll set the scene. It's 30th of August, 2008. Four games into the season. Um, you've just come off the back of a win at Ipswich, which I think I'm right in saying is when George Ellacobe gets injured. Yeah, it was, yeah. And so the discussion goes as to Stephen Ward moving backwards. Um, that You've got you and Matt Jarvis as the flying wingers in the team. It's Hennessy. Foley, Collins, Stearman, Ward, Kitely, Jones, Henry, Jarvis, Iwalumo, Ebanks, Blake. Classic 4-4-2, classic Mick flying wingers, classic team in many respects. Yeah, it was. And, and, and that 11 there was, you know, nine times out of ten, it was that 11. You know, and David Edwards would come in every now and again. Um, but, you know, obviously Silv and, and Iwalumo was the, the focal point for us. You know, you had Voxy and Keogh that were coming on to, to help out, but those were the two that were starting. And then obviously you had me and Jarvo, um, and, and as you said, Carl Henry and, and David Jones in centre midfield. And and as you said about Wardy, that was, you know, Wardy's first game at left-back. Um, so he'd actually come as a striker, hadn't he? Um, and yeah. then stepped into to left wing, I think, when Jarvo was injured um, the season before. And then, unfortunately, obviously, Ella Kobe getting... I think he'd done his cruise shit, didn't he, away at Ipswich. Uh, and then Wardy stepped in and played left-back and he'd gone on to have a really good career playing for his country and, you know, getting, you know, a, f a few promotions himself, um, obviously at Burnley with myself and then playing a lot of Premier League games at left-back. So it was, uh, it was a mad sort of uh, time for him, I suppose, going from a striker to a left-back. But it was uh, the start of something great, not only for him, but for, for, for us as a team, really. Went on to obviously win the league. Because the season before, you had just missed out on the playoffs. I think it was goal difference, wasn't it? And only a couple in that as well. I seem to remember like the last day of the season, you had to win by a certain amount to get through. And it might only have been a 1-0 win. Shea might have scored. If yeah, it was 1-0 at home to Plymouth, I think yeah. it was. We needed a 2-0 win. So did you, uh, as a group, feel any pressure in these early games? Like... This is, you know, we've really got to make a proper push this year. I think we always felt that we needed, yeah, we'd had a couple of seasons before where we'd sort of just missed out. Um, I think we felt that we needed to probably maybe definitely finish in the playoffs. I don't think we had the pressure of thinking we needed to win the league. And I think that came from, from Mick and TC. Um, the fact that we hadn't, you know, we didn't really have any sort of big name players in that team. Obviously, we'd sign. You know, Sylvan from Plymouth, and we just signed uh, Iwalumu from from uh, from Cholton. Um, so you know we had we had a, a, a team full of you know people that wanted to make a name of themselves rather than people that had come in with a big name. So I don't think we had the pressure of we've got to win the league. 
Um, but I think after this game in particular, we felt as a group um, that this this season could be our season. Is that because you were 4 0 up at half time? <laughs> yeah, probably. I, it's mad because I remember going in at half time and we just literally just blitzed Forest for, for 45 minutes. I don't think they hardly had a shot on, t- on target, really. We just battered them, really. And we all walked in and, and, at half time and sat down and sort of you have that sort of couple of minutes where you sort yourself sort yourself out a little bit and you wait for the manager to come in and um, you know give you give you a team talk and we all just looked at each other and just started laughing it was just one of those weird experiences where you just thought that's just clicked there for 45 minutes that has clicked and we just all started cracking up and I, I think Mick came in and just went more of the same lads just crack on like there's not too much he could say it was a pretty uh, perfect performance really in that first half because what normally happens at half time like I, I was watching uh, I think it's the the Spurs documentary that, that came out in the summer and stuff and I was fascinated by the idea that you kind of go in and everyone's shouting and then you have that moment where the manager then sits you down and goes through stuff was Mick like that? Uh, yeah, depending on how the game went, you know, Mick would either come in straight away and, and, and be screaming and shouting or he would, you know, give us a bit of time to sort of, as I said, like, you know, dust yourself off, you know, have a drink and, and then and then go through his chat. I do remember once when um, when um, the owner, uh, Steve, Mor- Morgan. Steve Morgan, came in and he, uh, he wasn't too happy and he tried to move the doorway and... Uh, <laughs> That doorway must have weighed about twenty kg because he couldn't he couldn't move it and he tried to move it with his foot and oh, all the boys were just like embarrassed thinking oh my god what's he doing here but no Mick McCarthy was he could scream and shout but he he didn't do it all the time it was uh, it was quite obviously uh, you know he'd think about what he's got to say he wouldn't just scream and shout but there was times when he did but obviously that game it. I don't think he needed to say anything. He's, uh, we've done we've done what we needed to do on the pitch. Um, so the first goal is uh, Dave Jones with a brilliant left-footed curler into the bottom corner. Um, there's an own goal that Sylvan maybe could have tried to claim uh, but didn't. And then you step up and anyone who's listened to your episode of the old gold club knows that um i try and wind you up and call you a tapping merchant and and brilliantly you always react because you hate this so much and, and there you are pinging one in from outside the area yeah no yeah that's it I, I had a shot i think just before i don't know how long before it might have been five ten minutes before from near enough the same position and it pinged off the bar um, and then obviously I got another opportunity and I thought oh, I'll have another shot and it went in the top corner which was which was nice to see as, as you said I normally only score tappings <laughs> <laughs> but my second one weren't too bad to be fair yeah well um, it, it's the thing of like that second goal because didn't you have a load of mates at that game I did yeah I had a load of mates come up from Essex and uh, we'd organised we were having a night out in Birmingham I think a few of the other lads were going the other like, um, teammates were going up to to Scotland and they were going to watch, I think they were going to watch Celtic Rangers that weekend. So they'd organised like a night out. I had about four or five mates up for a night out in Birmingham. So we sort of had to keep it a little bit hush because, you know, if, if 
if the gaffer gets wind that you know you all go you plan to go out then all of a sudden he's thinking oh their their minds are not on the game and then if you lose that's the first thing that comes up so we're all keeping it a bit hush and obviously I think that's why at half time we were all sort of buzzing because we knew that we were going to win um, but I remember my second goal when I scored and I celebrated I went right over to where my lads were where my mates were for up from Essex and it was quite a good moment because we sort of thought without even saying it we looked at each other as as if we're gonna have a good night tonight is that like a a a weirdly motivating thing knowing that your mates there and i don't mean that in a way that you weren't motivated in other games but like does it give you that extra couple of kind of percent no or just the audacity to try certain things because your pals are there yeah, I think so. I think there's a there's an element of sometimes that you you don't want to have a bit of a nightmare of a game if you've got friends or family at games. Um, so sometimes it can be a, a bit of an added pressure if you like. But I think for that time, we'd all we'd sort of we've basically organised our weekend before we'd even started. So we were all quite excited. I hadn't seen them for a few weeks, obviously from down from Essex. Um, so we'd sort of bit buzzing about the whole weekend in general. Um, so you know to to finish it off if you like with with a good win like that and scoring two goals it was uh it was just a, a great day and a great well a great weekend really it's definitely celebrated after because it feels like a, uh it's an interesting confidence thing you know that i i kind of fascinated by this side of it that you know like you look at the the looms's goal for instance which comes what less than two minutes after your strike like so you've just you mentioned you had one shot that hits the bar from distance you then like well i'm gonna have another go finds the top corner your team wins it back straight away and carl henry sets Jarvo away and bang there's the fourth and stuff and then when it comes to your goal you're 4-1 up by this point and it's like well i'm gonna i'm gonna cut in I could put the cross in, but do you know what? I may as well go for it. Yeah, I think, you know, when for me, definitely, when I scored a goal in a game, it was like I, I grew, you know, a, a foot taller and I felt a lot more confident and I sort of didn't think about my game as much. It just I just did things naturally. Um, and I felt like that when I scored my first goal away at QPR. After that, I sort of had more confidence to try things in games. And I think... Obviously, that game, the fact that we'd played very well in the first half, um, not just the goals, but I think we played well as a team. And then in the second half, I sort of had that confidence to sort of try things. And as you said, rather than maybe crossing, I thought I'll cut in and take a couple on and just put it in the top corner of my left foot. So it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a nice goal. But that's the thing, though, isn't it? That like confidence allows you to play with freedom, but playing with freedom can also be slightly risky because if you do that cut in and go for goal yourself and miss you know with the players in that team you're going to get an earful yeah definitely but I think the fact that we were 4-1 up and I'd sort of earned the right to sort of try that um, from the goal that I'd scored it, it didn't cross my mind I think throughout my career this was always one of the things that I was battling with if I'm honest was having that confidence to play with freedom but then not shying away from doing what you do naturally I, I always found the later on I went on in my career I found that harder and harder to do in every game because I found that I played my best when I was confident probably like 90% of footballers do that 
Um, also just playing with freedom and doing what comes naturally to you and I I found that very difficult later on in my career whether that's a manager sort of stamping that out of you um, or you're just not having enough courage and belief in yourself to do that so that day this is what I was saying about that day that day I felt that every player was playing with freedom and, and confidence and it was almost from minute one to the 90th minute and you don't get that very often in, in well you didn't in my in my career but for every player to be doing that and feeling like that is uh, is unbelievable it's part of that though because this is a stage in your career where you maybe feel a bit invincible uh, and some of the injury things that happen to you later on uh, you know they're, they're not here yet you are young you've made an incredible jump up the divisions everyone's talking about you and therefore, when the team is winning and scoring goals, it's far easier to play with that freedom. Yeah, definitely. I felt that pre-season um, was probably the best I'd ever felt um, throughout my career. I felt strong. I felt quick. Um, I felt fit. I felt like I could just run for 90 minutes. I could take people on non-stop, get the ball again and go again and again and again. Um, and that was probably, that helped my confidence that I felt in my best physical uh, condition and then I started the season pretty well um, and, and the team did so yeah that season you know is is you know definitely the best season of my career um, and I look back and look at the stats you know I think I scored eight goals and I think I had like 16 assists um, and got in team of the year so it couldn't have gone any better that season really for me it is fascinating kind of how many times people will go back to that game? Do, you know, I, I imagine people, Wolves fans, still talk to you about that day even now. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they yeah, mention it. Uh, they, we've actually got a lad that um, plays at Russia who's a big Wolves fan, and he was a season ticket holder. He's making me feel old, to be fair, because I think he's only like twenty-four. <laughs> but he was like, oh, I was, <laughs> I was about thirteen or something like that when that goal went in, or something like that. He said to me, and I was like, cheers. But he talks to me about a few of the goals that I scored. And, yeah, definitely people do come back to that Forest game. I think anyone that was at that Forest game would have obviously had a really good day, but they would have remembered that probably to be thinking, this is a team that we're going to go on to win the league. And obviously we did. So, you know, it's probably uh, probably a game that everyone does remember. It's part of that, you know, part of the reason when you came back to the Midlands, having been back down and playing for South End and stuff like kind of what gave you the love again for the game to go to Russell because people all of a sudden around you remember you in this state that probably felt like a long time ago yeah I think so I think lockdown had a had a big role in me going back to playing like you know locally I just felt that it was time for me to sort of kick a ball about again really and enjoy it but you know when you do come across people there's been a few Wolves fans down at, at the games this season because obviously we we are allowed fans so there's been a few Wolves fans down there and they've mentioned about you know that, that season in particular really um, and, it, and it's nice you know it's nice to to relive that season and, and think about the, the things that we ch- achieved as a team and personally so yeah definitely uh, you know it's it's nice to to hear people talking about those those days. Thanks for listening to the Old Gold Club. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and rating from wherever you get your podcasts.
Wolves TV, the home of live uninterrupted radio commentary of every single Wolves game. But that's not all. Wolves TV also brings you extended and alternative match highlights, interviews with the team, behind-the-scenes features and training coverage, plus see every goal Wolves score from every angle. So check out Wolves TV online at wolves.co.uk or on the move via the Wolves app.